From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, I'm Brian Walsh, and this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, November 11th. Happy Veterans Day. Today, I'm joined by Stephen Rothstein, Managing Director of the Series Accelerator for Sustainable Capital Markets. We're going to talk about how climate investors are reacting to this week's midterm election in the U.S. and to the COP27 Global Climate Summit. Hi, Stephen, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. COP27 is underway in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt. Exceeding low expectations may be the best way to summarize the climate summit so far. On what was dubbed Finance Day, U.S. climate envoy John Kerry, the Rockefeller Foundation, and the Bezos Earth Fund laid out plans for an energy transition accelerator to tap carbon credits to help finance the transition to clean energy in emerging markets. COP negotiators reached an unexpected breakthrough on one of the thorniest issues facing global leaders, compensation for loss and damages. Those are payments to low and middle income countries for damages from droughts, floods, and other climate related disasters they had little hand in creating. The issue was formally added to the COP agenda for the first time. Some European nations and a consortium of African insurance companies have started to pony up some funds, but nowhere enough for the scale of the damage. Research shows that heavily black cities pay nearly half a percentage point more in borrowing costs when they issue municipal bonds or muni bonds. Now cities are banding together in so-called bond banks to counter what's known as this black tax. Bond banks bundle issues from multiple municipalities through state agencies to achieve economies of scale and mitigate risk perceptions that are often a legacy of historic racism. Join Impact Alpha next week for our Agents of Impact call focused on driving impact by using the municipal bond market as a vehicle for change. And finally, in Billings, Montana, artificial intelligence is being used to turn cattle ranches from a climate problem to a climate solution. The company Enriched Ag uses machine learning to help ranchers in the U.S. reduce emissions, capture carbon, improve soil health, and generate revenues from carbon credits. Radical Ventures has planted $9 million in seed funding for this company. Now it's time once again for our featured conversation. Stephen, you're with the Series Accelerator for Sustainable Capital Markets. Can you tell us a bit about your work there? Sure. Series overall has over 200 employees. I've been around for over 30 years, and we work with some of the largest investors. Collectively, they have over $60 trillion of assets under management, large companies, policymakers, and regulators to move the economy to be more sustainable. I focus specifically on the financial sector and financial regulators and boards of directors. That's great. Now, as we speak, control of Congress hangs in the balance as the last ballots are counted. It seems clear that both houses will be narrowly divided for at least the next two years. What does divided government mean for climate policy action and more specifically, climate aware investing? So first is Ceres is a a nonpartisan organization, so we're not political in in, in a partisan way. Um, It's important to have context that in the last two years have been the most successful, the most impactful on climate issues both in the legislative side and in the administrative and regulatory, from the Inflation Reduction Act, the bipartisan infrastructure, to draft rules from 
The SEC just this week, the federal government issued a draft rule on federal procurement that said that if you're a large supplier to the federal government, has to meet climate. So there's a lot of, of wind in the back, so to speak. There are also a lot of challenges. Um, so I think the next two years with divided government, we'll have to take a look at if we can continue with the progress. Clearly, Mother Nature isn't waiting. Mother Nature doesn't care whether they're as Democrats or Republicans. You know, we've seen from the storms, from Ian and everything else, the problems are getting worse. So there is as much urgency as we're witnessing on the conversations in Egypt at COP27 today. Now, as you mentioned, the COP27 climate summit and the U.S. midterms coincided this past week, making for a really disconcerting split screen. What can you say about the U.S. global climate leadership? How might it look moving forward? Well, first is uh, President Biden and the administration, John Kerry and others, deserve a lot of credit for what they've been doing both on the international side as well as on the domestic side. Again, the IRA, it's important to understand that is, as I know your listeners all, all know, it's the largest piece of legislation ever. Just yesterday with a procurement draft rule, there has never been a government any place in the world that says part of procurement, you have to meet some environmental requirements. And the federal government spends $630 billion a year so it's an enormous opportunity. Going forward, we'll have to see in terms of uh, 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 this divided government. You know, clearly there will be challenges, not because of the party, but because of what some people are saying. You know, it's unfortunate because most countries, the impact of climate is not debated. You, you debate how fast, various technologies. Um, in our country, there is still a percentage of the people, a small minority, but a percentage, who are still debating whether climate change is really happening caused by humans. And so what does that look like on the global stage? And, and what are some of your other takeaways from COP27? Uh, well, it's first, I, I'm not at, in Egypt, just to be clear. I have several colleagues who are there. Um, and it's still, it, it's, it's the end of the first week. So we'll see what happens in the second week. There's a lot, like a lot of these things, a lot of negotiations happen the last three or four days. So in terms of the formal agreements, it's too early to say. There have been some exciting announcements. For example, one of the areas that we've been driving is more private investment. So investors representing $66 trillion have committed to net zero by 2050. Many of them are working on the 2030 plans. So that number is even bigger than it was last year at last year's COP. So there is great progress there. More uh, financial institutions have made commitments and banking and others, but we all have a long way to go. Shifting back to U.S. politics, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis easily won re-election, and he has led the charge against ESG investing and what he refers to as, quote, woke corporations. Can we expect anti-ESG attacks like his to accelerate? To your mind, what is the best counter-argument? The best counter-argument is facts and science. I encourage everyone to look at, you know, should, should any investor not look at another nature-based crisis called the pandemic? No, of course, we want to look at all the facts. Should investors look at risks from uh, inflation or recession or crypto? Of course they should. That the investors are saying, and they've been saying for decades, climate is a growing risk, and it's one of the factors. It's not the only factor they need to think about. So uh, will there be more of these? Unfortunately, there probably will. Um, and what I hope is that we, they can lead to a rational, fact-based debate not a uh, hysterical debate on slogans and bumper stickers. And if it is fact-based, then I'm confident it will, it will uh, head in the right direction. Will this have an, have an impact? 
Sure, I think it does have an impact the more that people are talking about it. But even with it, more investors have made net zero commitments this year than before. And there are all these other regulatory efforts from procurement and other things that are in the works. So I am very bullish. Having said that, I'm also sobered by Hurricane Ian and all the other things. That's the second most expensive storm we've ever faced. Noah said our country had $145 billion of economic loss. We need to have rules, including the new SEC proposed rule in place, so there's great information. We can't manage any problem unless we can measure it first, and that's why some of these are so important. Now, picking up on that, Impact Alpha journalists have reported that the attacks against ESG investing are already having a somewhat chilling effect on investment decision-making and investor collaborations. Now, you, you pointed to the, the new net zero commitments, but the Global Financial Alliance on Net Zero, GFANS, which is highlighted last year at COP26 in Glasgow, uh, it has pulled back on some of its requirements that Alliance members commit to phasing out fossil fuels. And several big banks that have been targets of some of these anti-ESG attacks have threatened to quit the alliance altogether. So are we going to see more backsliding like this? Well, H.L. Mencken, the author, once said, for every complex problem, there's a simple answer that's always wrong. You know, moving an economy is complex. So it is, it is not a straight line. You go four steps forward and one step back or one step sideways. So yes, I think that the, the announcement from GFANCE and their issues with race to zero are, you know, are add a little complexity, but overall we see progress. But, you know, I think a lot will depend on what happens in the courts, what uh, Congress does and other things. But overall, we think we will see progress and again, I hope that there is a discussion based on facts, based on science, from a fiduciary responsibility. Investors are saying this is a real risk that they have, and they want to make sure they have the best return factoring risk for the pension holders, the investors that they're thinking about. And would anyone say that floods, fires, transition risks are not a risk? Of course, they are a risk. It's not the only risk, but it's definitely something to consider. When you mentioned uh, what's going to happen in the courts, what was that in reference to? Well, we saw earlier that the Supreme Court had a ruling about West Virginia. Um, and so there are and there are other cases that will likely come before the courts and that will have an impact on the, the constellation of decisions. So what's uh, what else is on the sustainable investor agenda and what should impact investors be looking for or advocating for at this point? There are a range of regulatory agencies that are in various stages of their work. The SEC is considering a set of rules on climate disclosure and on fund names. Their work is important to all of us. The Department of Labor is considering a draft rule on pension funds, ERISA. Um, they, they're, submitting com they're reviewing comments now. The federal banking agencies are looking at climate stress tests. For the, um, for, for the banks, the Federal Housing Finance Agency, they're thinking about how to protect mortgages, you know, and they have half the mortgages in the country. And all of this, it's important we all think about it, not just for all of us, but for those less fortunate, low and moderate income individuals, because they're the ones who tend to get caught up mostly. One of those examples is the banking agencies issued a draft rule on the Community Reinvestment Act, the CRA and that will have an impact, including on climate issues. So there's a lot of regulatory issues. The, the marketplace, obviously, 
you know, the, 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 the war in Ukraine had a short-term impact on oil and fossil fuel. That will have an impact. Clearly, the macro issues like inflation uh, and, and what, what happens there. And the uh, implementation of the IRA is an enormous issue and it's very exciting as, as those dollars flow into the economy and that le will leverage hundreds of billions or even more. Now, you've talked a lot about these legislation and regulatory frameworks uh, that are being worked on and, and advanced. Uh, but from your perspective, uh, with your work looking at the capital markets and financial service providers, uh, what is the, the best uh, policies that will help investors make sense of climate action? Well, a first step is that we can only manage a problem once you can measure it. So investors need more information. So the SEC rules are very important. I'll give you another example. The insurance companies, they're regulated, as, as your listeners know, through state insurance commissioners. They've decided that um, there were the, the top, the largest insurance companies, 80% of them, will be filing TCFD reports starting in November 30, 30th. There'll be hundreds of those reports. So more information is important. And then that leads to step one is more information. Step two is, is setting a plan uh, and not just a 2050 plan, but a short-term plan. You know, the average CEO is only there for six to seven years. So just saying we're gonna do by 2050 is a start, but what are you gonna do by 2025, by 2030? That is really critical for every major company and every major investor. And what do you think about the global harmonization of some of these uh, metrics and reporting regimes and how do companies that have a global footprint think about reporting uh, against all these different regional frameworks? Uh, global harmonization is critical. And we know that the agencies, the ISSB, the International Sustainability Standards Board, FRAG, SEC, and many others are talking all the time. And there is, in, for some of them, a fair amount of overlap, and there's still some differences. So the more they can be harmonized, the better. Those are, it's obviously complex because of each country's laws and the statute of the SEC is different than some of the others, but that's very important. It's also a reason why the SEC, we think, needs to go forward, because if not, some of the largest com companies will be having to use the ISSB or FRAG standards, uh, and so they may be better off if the SEC moves forward in an uh, expeditious manner. So when, when you uh, talk to financial services companies, what are they looking for to make their lives easier as far as uh, engaging on these issues? Uh, first is harmonization uh, as much as possible. Second is uh, uh, transparency. They want to be able to plan. Um, third is a clear definition of where the data is going to come from. So using the same methodologies, you know, we started in a process where 20 years ago, there was very little data. There were a set of alphabet soup agencies that people filed differently. Now there is a convergence and that's something that's very important to them. All right, great. And so what's on the, the horizon? What, what else should we be looking for? Uh, what else is series working, working on that we should uh, be paying attention to? With investors, they're working on their transition plans that are called ICAPs, Investor Climate Action Plans, and looking at each investor, and these are getting published all the time. These are very important. Second thing is looking at natural resources and water, forest and forestry issues, um, uh, the use of carbon offsets, and only using those in a, in a verified way as last resort. Water, we've talked a lot about climate, but there's enormous water risks 
And we've obviously seen that out west, but around the world, too much water or not enough water. Um, there are many other regulatory changes we've talked about. And then the hard to abate industries, um, whether it be aviation and oil and gas and some of the other ones, the progress that they've made. We've seen more progress in the last few years, but we all, all of us need to do more faster. That's great. Thank you so much, Stephen, for your uh, thoughts today. Really appreciate you being with us. Thank you for your time and for what you're doing to uh, uh, raise awareness. And if people have questions, they can go to seriesceres.org and welcome their partnership. That's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks to Stephen Rothstein of Series and to our producer extraordinaire, Isaac Silk. Ready to try Impact Alpha? Sign up for Impact Alpha Open, which is free, directly at impactalpha.com. Want to go deeper? Grab a subscription and get full access to Impact Alpha, including the award-winning Morning Brief and our popular Agents of Impact calls. Just go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and choose an annual subscription. I'm Brian Walsh, Head of Sustainability for the capital market firm TPI Cap. Until next time, take good care. care.